Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Exponential Podcast. My name is Ricky, and I'm the co-founder of Exponential Venture. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Marcus, and I'm also the other co-founder of Exponential Ventures. And now our first episode ever, we want to show you the success strategies that I've learned for the last five years, and also learning with Marcus of how to help students learn better. Let's start with the problem first that what we've seen over the last couple of five years. For me, tutoring, I know that Marcus has been tutoring for a couple of years. We identify that some of the problems that students have when they approach learning is not effective. The re one of the reasons is that they approach their old system of learning, which is to go to class, they take notes, they go home, they do the homework, they study, they take the test, and they pass the exam. However, it doesn't mean that they have learned the subject. The better way to learn is you need the strategies. Right? If you don't have the strategies of your own to help you learn effectively, suddenly you're going to run into the roadblock whenever you face a harder class or the subject. I know that Marcus has the same experience. Would you like to share with us? Right. Let's actually please press perfectly into our solution that we're going to discuss today. When you have all these challenges, when you face all these obstacles in school, whether you're learning as a college student, learning online on your own, or whether you're just trying to pick up a new skill so that you can do a job more effectively or achieve something in your long-term goals. What me and Ricky have discovered in our collectively, over 10 years of experience collectively in helping students, building projects, and succeeding in areas that other people find challenging is that it all begins with clarity. It all begins with understanding what you want to achieve and developing the right strategy to get there. So to start off with, I'll kick the ball back over to, to Ricky and ask, what is the process that you've used in your life to clarify your own goals? Oh, that's a great question. I think whenever you approach to learn something, you need to have a definite goals in the end, in any classes or courses throughout your life. I think when you have a set of goals, it allows you to stay focused, you don't get distracted when distractions happen. For example, when I learn economics, I know that one day I want to do a lot of data analytics. Right? Eventually, it helps me push through the hard time. Like when I face hard problems, I was able to not give up and continue to seek help from professor, from tutors. Eventually, I became the tutor myself and help other students because I have a set of goals is that I want to be good at economic content and economic you know, analysis. I think moreover is that when you set goals, you have more clarity. Same like you said earlier, is that you have a clarity of what are the tasks that you're going to do once you learn the content, right? You can do a lot of data analysis by the end. You can understand how numbers work. You can tell stories from the numbers. And you can do a lot more and you feel more confident in the end once you learn it. But if you don't have the set of goals, eventually you're going to find a lot of challenges and there's no direction when you forget about the goals. I don't know if it's, if it answered the question. I think it brings a lot of things to life that students can really benefit from because you're sitting there in your bedroom or in your dorm room or your kitchen or wherever it is that you're listening to this and you have something that you want to achieve. Now, the challenge that Ricky just described in terms of how he overcame the lack of clarity to find out what his goals were was by 
recognizing what the problems he was facing. So he went first to tutors. Then he learned how to actually break down the problems. Then he became so good at it, how good at breaking down and finding solutions that he became a tutor himself. And then over time, his, the clarity of achieving his goals became more and more crystallized. So for those of you who are, whether you're a student or whether you're a teacher or whatever field you're in, one of the, the easiest ways that you can clarify your goals is to start identifying what problems you're having right now. Now that actually goes into the next piece we wanted to discuss, which is identifying the strategies to actually address those goals now that you have them lined up. So I'm going to ask Ricky a quick question. In your experience, what strategies have helped you the most, specifically when you're becoming a tutor or when you're getting your first jobs that allowed you to achieve your goals consistently? Yeah, there are one strategies that I learned. Actually, one thing that I learned is that there are not, there's not one strategies approach to any classes or any course, because whatever that you approach studying math is not going to work with art or science and not with, not the same with business courses. So you have to develop an understanding of a system from A to B to C of how to answer the problems. So some of the courses that, that I learned require a lot of comprehensive writing. So using the strategy of remembering won't help me because if I try to remember something, it's, it's like a clutch. I will not be able to answer thoughtful questions or difficult questions in depth. It's hard to think. So when I, so you have to learn how to develop a good strategy and for each specific classes, some of the best strategies are what I use all the time is using multimedia learning platform. No, I not, I don't rely on only reading. I also rely on YouTube. I also rely on Google. I also rely on apps that actually teach you something that is simple to learn. Then I bring it all together. And I also rely on professor TA or tutors and students. I think that's important is that you have to rely on multimedia channel to help you learn something. Back in the day, you only have books, right? However, nowadays, the technology allows you to bring so much, which I think is you're using a lot of, you are, I know that you are someone who is also doing that too, because you don't like to read, which I like to read, but you use a different channels to learn a lot more. Can you share with us? Yeah. So I like to use multiple strategies, the same way that would be described, to learn or to find the information that I need. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of students need to pick up. First off, whatever problem you're facing, if you try and only address it in one very narrow way, you might actually end up making the problem harder to solve. But if you broaden your perspective, like in my case, so Ricky says that I don't like to read too much, but I do actually enjoy audiobooks. So I listen a lot. And that's actually one of the ways that I gather a lot of information while at the same time doing other activities that it might sound strange to you, but it, I do these other activities while I listen to create stronger links between ideas that would normally not connect. Like, for example, I might be listening to a book about business while I am looking at a map of the world and drawing at the same time. So it's making me think about business globally. And then I'm also being creative because I'm drawing a picture on the side. So if you're facing a challenge where you don't know how to solve a specific problem in the class that you have, 
And maybe the textbook isn't really answering the question for you. Go online, see if there's a video that, for example, or maybe talk to a friend of yours who's really good at drawing diagrams and say, when I describe this problem to you, what do you see? Or maybe if you have another option, you can even listen to music that always makes you feel more focused, for example. These are all different strategies of getting the end result, which is really what our podcast is all about. We really want to help you get the outcome you desire. And that all begins by taking and being flexible with taking different strategies. Now, to flip the turn it back over to Ricky, a lot of students have the trouble implementing strategies because we live in a world of so much information. You can literally spend the whole day watching YouTube, reading books or magazines. So Ricky, when it comes to moving away from the information, or let me say using the information to implement it, what routines, what habits have you developed over the years that help you execute instead of just gather knowledge? Right. Think when you, whenever I try to learn something, I always find an opportunity to teach it back to somebody. Now, I don't force people to listen to what I learned. What I want to do is I want to find a, a sh- some medium that I can express my understanding to it. Because the key is to get to understanding instead of remembering the information. I, what I learned also is that our brain is not built for remembering information. We are, learned to, we are built to be creative, so to build, to do something that is expand, expansive. So remembering information, the computer can do it much better than you. So storing those information and find a way to understand it is a much better way. And I like to write a lot. I can all, every time that I learn about something, I take a lot of notes. I don't, and I don't worry about if my handwriting is nice or not. I'll make sure that I have something tangible written down. I also get to talk to my peers about the concept. So when I was in economics program, especially when in the master level, I was able to study with a small group of people and we get to do the homework together and then talk about the concept extremely. Uh, I didn't get that chance when I was in undergrad, but for the master, I was able to do that. And in talking to people, like, for example, I talked to you a lot about business. I talked to Kenny a lot about and economic. And I talked to Kenny a lot about physics, science, and many other stuff. But here's the thing. Uh, Earlier, you said that you like audiobooks. Right, So I'm still in someone who's trying to understand the benefits of it. So here's my question to you. If I'm someone who's looking into use audiobooks as a medium for learning, what would be your advice and strategy to make sure that I'm doing it effectively? Okay, the place that I always begin, if you want to make audiobooks a potential source of information for you and you want to use them effectively, Here's what I suggest you start at. First and foremost, have a clear idea of what it is you want to get out of it. And now this actually doesn't only apply to audiobooks. This applies to any source of information you dive headfirst into. And that's the mistake a lot of students make. They jump into a source of information without knowing exactly what they want to get out of it. And that can actually just lead you to, what do they call it? <laughs> Diving into YouTube rabbit holes for hours or getting lost on an internet surfing screen. So before I watch an, before I listen to an audiobook, I try my best to have a clear question in my mind. Like, for example, there's a book I read the other day or listened to not too long ago called Richard Francis Burton's Autobiography. Now, this man was a great explorer back in the days of the British Empire. He spoke over 27 languages, was a master swordsman, and actually a craftsman of his own weapons throughout his entire years as an explorer. 
what I wanted to learn from this man was how do you assimilate information through immersion? So I had that question in my mind, like how does Richard Burton stimulate knowledge through immense immersion? Because he would used to go into different countries from India to the Oriental nation, and he would literally become fluent in their native dialect. And with that question in mind, when I started listening to the book, I was deeply curious. So what I'm trying to say is before you listen to an audiobook or any other source of information, stoke the fire of your curiosity. And the best way that I've found to do that is come up with a clear question that you actually care about, and then use that question to guide you in whatever source of information you're learning from. YouTube, audiobook, ebook, whatever it is. And that will help you get a lot more out of it and will keep you focused and will make it fun because you actually, you're not just sifting through stuff, you're exploring. Do you have any time of the day that you listen to it or you just listen it to rap randomly whenever you have free time? So for those of us who have busy schedules and for those of us who oftentimes are find they have a lot of free time, this strategy might work for both of you. This is a strategy that I personally use. I try and listen to audiobooks when I'm eating or when I'm exercising. I find that those two activities are very great times to double dip because you're, if you're exercising, for example, and it's a routine that you can do it automatically. So you're not, you don't need to give it a hundred percent of your mental focus, but it, like with eating, you know, how many times do you have to learn how to eat pasta once it's good enough. So the next time you're eating a meal, that's not hard to eat or you're not cooking. Oh, cooking is another time. So when I'm cooking, when I'm eating and when I'm exercising, I normally use that time to listen to audiobooks a lot. And then I normally listen to them before bed so I can take some notes, especially if I have a very burning clear question that I need an answer to. I see. I see. One one problem that that I'm like for example, when I'm listening to audiobook, I probably do it one or twice in my life. So what is the best platform that you can use? That is the most convenient. What platform do you use to listen to audiobooks? Okay, now for those of you who have been following our podcast or, or who have visited our website before, this might be a shameless plug, but I do suggest Audible. So Audible is a subsidiary of Amazon.com, and I find that it's the best place to get my audiobooks for two reasons. Number one, once you have the Audible app, you can access your audiobooks anywhere. So literally, you can listen to them on your computer, on your phone, if you have a tablet, it doesn't matter. And you don't have to worry about saving them or downloading them or needing any special platform to uh, listen to them. There are other places, but Audible is the only one that I use. And let me ask you, Ricky, wait, I know that you read a lot of books and maybe listen to audiobooks a little bit less. What, what platform do you prefer to use when it comes to reading books? So for reading, I use Kindle, one of their, because they have the, a large inventory of books you can buy on there. But some of the books, they don't sell it on Kindle. The old books they have, usually you have to buy it or have to go to the library of the institution, uh, the school to get it. But Kindle is one of my top go. Uh, the Apple books is a great other medium that I use to to, start to buy the books and, and, and reference them whenever I have to do research on. Yeah, I... But here's the thing. The way that I, I try to read is slightly different. Is that I, I like to buy five books every time that I, every time that I looking to buy some books, I would rather buy multiple of them. I don't know if to do it in audio, but I would look for if I have if I like something about business, I'm gonna instead of buying one only of the top selling, I'm gonna buy five of them. 
And then we're just going to skim through and find the best. Now it costs money. However, when I understand it, what I learned is that the return on the investment is really, is much higher because you're spending as an investment on yourself so that you can grow and learn some and learn more out of it. You're not actually spending that for wasted because you can always find information in the book and you can always find some form of sh shape or form of knowledge. Depends on how imaginative you are when you read those sentences or their concept, but eventually they are a shape of knowledge that you can acquire and apply. I know that when a lot of my friends, they hesitate to buy a lot of books because they get scared of the book that they get is they don't get out of it. Another strategy they can use is to go to the library and read it first or read the first table of contents and a couple of pages on the Kindle to see if they have a good feeling about the book. So they can always have a good strategies to get the right book for them, uh, to get the right book for their interest in. I really like what you said about looking at it from the perspective of reading the table of contents, see if you can get something out of it. Also what you mentioned about, you can get a lot of different books and you can expand into them. You don't have to necessarily read cover to cover four times to get the information out of it. But I have a question for you. For students who have a challenge when they've read the book or they know where to find the information, how do you start applying it and using it to solve problems? Because you mentioned before that you would teach it or talk to about to your friends. Are there any other techniques that you use to apply knowledge? Yeah. So how do you use the books to solve problems? You don't often solve problems right away because the moment you finish the book or finish the content, it takes time for it to absorb in your mind for you to understand them. So most of, most of the problem that I solve, it's really weird, is that it came out of randomly. It's like the knowledge that you learn and acquire, you're going to use it later on, but not right at the moment. That's the beauty of reading, right? Because when you finish the reading of the book, it's like a hidden key that, event, that it, when you run into the future problem, that kind of knowledge allows you to open, overcome that challenge and obstacles. If I can give you an example, right now I, can't, I cannot think of any, but most, most, if I can look back and think about most of the problems that I solve at the moment is based on the knowledge that I read like a couple of months ago or a year or two before. Yeah. yeah. I think that's something important for our listeners to understand that if you're facing a situation where you're reading something and you don't know whether this is going to be valuable to you in the moment, as Ricky has suggested in advance, is that you need to be patient. <laughs> you know, the knowledge exactly. you get today might be the seed that will grow into an answer tomorrow or a week or a month from today. Basically, you have nothing to lose by learning a lot of different things and accessing knowledge in many different ways. And what you'll discover, like me and Ricky both discovered in the ways that we've applied knowledge to our own goals, is that it becomes a huge, call it like a warehouse of hidden keys. And every other day, you'll find yourself opening a drawer and pulling out a new hidden key, and that will be a solution to a problem that you had no idea you knew how to solve. So as we're kind of wrapping up on time for our podcast today, we want to give you some tips to take action. So I have a quick question for Ricky. If you were going to give an advice to a student or someone that you've tutored in the past who's struggling to be creative in problem solving, what's one thing that you would tell them to do right away 
improve their ability to solve problems or rather to take action? I think if I can give one advice to take action today, I think the first thing is you need to sit down and write down your goals first. And don't just write one of them. You're going to write a full package, maybe as a page. The reason is because the end state of your goal is not just one factor. It's going to be multivariable included in that picture. So you have to write down all the goals that you want to accomplish. Okay. If you're studying something or if you're solving a problem or if you're trying to achieve something that is at a specific stage in your life, writing down those goals allows you to get focused. You start the process first. And then you can start taking action. Okay. The action is the plan that you set out for yourself. The strategies. Write down your goals, people. You heard it directly. You got to write down your yeah. goals. So, I, I, I know that you have a vision board. <laughs> yes. I'm a very visual person, as Ricky is hinting to. <laughs> That's probably one of the reasons why I like listening versus reading books, because I like to imagine and see things in my own mind. But I highly recommend, regardless of whether you're visually, whether that stimulates you or whether words or symbols stimulate you, I highly encourage you to put your ideas, let's say you've written down your goals, for example, get a picture or get a phrase or get something that you can put up in front of you, a picture, maybe on your bathroom window or on the backside of your door that you see every time before you leave the house. Put something up there so that you can see it. Whether it's a picture, a word, a phrase, a symbol, it's not important. The most important thing is that it means something to you. Yeah. As Ricky said, I'm a big, I'm a big practitioner of vision boarding. And a big practitioner of putting things up around me so that I get constant reminders of what to focus on. Yeah. And now, and quick question back to you, Ricky, is what's one thing that students need to learn in order to write their goals more fully? Because sometimes people write things that are too big or lack motivation behind them. Yeah. They need to, so one thing they need to learn is apply the consistency into it. Because the skills that you're writing goals is a skill. Right, the first time you sit down staring at the blank piece of paper, you're probably not seeing everything clear. So when you apply, so you have to learn how to do it consistently, maybe one once a day, and then until you feel like, oh, it is just another day of writing goals. It's normal. It's becoming like a routine. Then you get better. So learn to be patient and apply consistency into writing your goals. I know that it sounds weird, but if you brush your teeth every day, if you eat every day, if you work out every day, you know, and you get good at it, why don't you write down the goals every day? So learn to write your goals every day, a whole set of them allows you to get better at seeing them and then allows you to more, to be more focused and you can take action aligned with the goals. Coming back before, yes, but I want to share with you one thing, which is a proof from Marcus that I've seen from you one time is that. Do you remember there was a time that we learned how to drive? Like we were practicing driving. Yeah. And, that's a good one. and there was some, there's a moment that, that you wrote, you draw your hands with a driver license before the, the testing. I saw it before, maybe a couple of days before you actually drifted because you took my car to take the test. Remember? And you pass it. And it was amazing. That is the best vision goal setting that you've done that I've seen. That setting goal is amazing because 
that moment changed my mind about goal setting because I didn't write too much goal. I didn't write my goals of achieving things before I see that picture that you did. And I'm not the visual person, so I'm more like a word person. So I would write things down as clear as I can see it. But that is the great example of how goal setting can help you accomplish something small, medium, or big for yourself. Thanks, Rigay. Yeah, that, I almost forgot about that example. But um, yeah. yeah, so listeners out there, what they, I wish I had the picture to show you. Um, it was pretty amazing what Rick was describing. So here's a big takeaway that, that I think we should definitely keep in mind. Don't underestimate the power of writing down your goals. It, it might seem like you're just putting a few words on paper, doing it that every single day, but you'll be amazed by what happens when you're consistent. I don't have to give you a ton of examples, but let your own results be your Let your own results, exactly. All right, so now we're coming down to our final question, kind of, we're running out of time here. Ricky, what is one possible result or our students should look forward to getting out of applying the kind of things that we talked about today? Yeah, so the first thing is they're going to accomplish at least one of the goals written down. And they will see that there's an opportunity to accomplish two or three or four. So with that simple action that you start doing, eventually your goals is going, is going to be like a daily routine that you just accomplish and you get there. But without it, you will get lost. So re the result is for sure you're going to accomplish at least one of the goals. So learn to write down your goals. And the side benefit, and you can already see Alan Ricky's face. He's somebody who writes his goals down every day, which is one of the reasons I think he's such a positive, happy guy. When you write down your goals daily, that's something that will surprise you. You will actually develop more and more motivation and more positive relations to your goals. You'll actually discover that the process is enjoyable, basically. Just like when you get good at something, you, you develop a sense of pride, a sense of a sense of competency that makes you know that you can do something well, the same will happen to you if you start applying writing goals, identifying the strategies to solve them, and of course, putting a simple process of implementing them, a routine or a habit, take action. All right, everybody, thanks so much for joining us today on the Exponential Podcast. Thank you, everybody. And my name is Marcus, co-founder of Exponential Ventures, and Tricky, nice to meet you. All right, guys, take care. Thank you very much for watching the Exponential Podcast on YouTube. For more story and exclusive content, be sure to click subscribe.